Duggan, this is my last show. So sad, so sad, but joined by a boatload of regulars here, as we are every Monday on the Impact, 7 to 8 p.m. If you miss us, don't forget, impact89fm.org. Simply click our podcast logo, and there we are. And who knows how long I'll remain on the Internet for your listening pleasure. Um, Our number from the start here, for your reference, 517-432-3893. Our email inbox, wide open all hour, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Special guest tonight, we'll get to him in a second. He's in studio, familiar face from the summertime. Uh, But more importantly, Brigitte is in the house. What's going on? Nothing much. A little sad. It's end of an era, I guess you could say. We what well, we've been you came in about a ha- uh, six oh. months in to my tenure. You've been here a year and a half yeah, more. A year and a half. Can't believe how long. Yikes! Graduation upon us, May second, three thirty. I'm out of here. <laughs> the chains, the shackles come off of my legs, and the student loan payments begin six months from now. So excited for that! Uh, but it has been a great ride. More importantly, the man who's been riding with me, Jamal Spencer. You have to hang your jersey from the Raptors, just like you know, post your shirt on the wall or something down there in the basement. So my boy Timbo Grack, his former basketball player, is getting married this summer. He said, "You know what? Gonna hang the jersey in the Raptors, brother." At <laughs> <laughs> the, yep. the end of an era. So shout out to Timbo Grack, because he's been he, he was on the show once before, I believe. So many guests throughout the years. Um, we'll touch on some of the most favorite moments of the sports rap, at least my tenure uh, throughout the hour here. Uh, Pavel Kaufman, Scout dot com, joins us as well. What's up, what's up? You're going to a much better place, Orlando, Florida, riding the playoffs with Dwight Howard. Yeah, just like so many underclassmen have done. I, you know, I did the Tayshaun Prince route. I went four years, got my degree, and now I'll go to the NBA. I'll, go, I'll be going to work for the Orlando Magic um, starting in late May in their communications department. Definitely excited to join that organization, and why not? Up and coming, they just killed Toronto in game one of their playoff series. And uh, no better place to work, I guess, in Central Florida. I will not miss uh, Michigan weather, I'll tell you that. Uh, but his name's John Vargas. He joined us throughout the summer. We call him the Latino Mosquito. He's back. What's up, brother? <laughs> What's going on, Dan, man? It's the last one. I can't believe it, man. You're not gracing the mic anymore. Um, unbelievable. Not from New York, uh, from here at Belleville, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> but where the heck does that accent come, that twang? Everybody says that. What's going on? And it's just the way I talk. I'm a New Yorker, I guess. I don't know. I've never been east of uh, Cleveland. So. This guy's specialty. He'll talk Pistons all day, Tigers all day. We'll get to you about the Pistons losing their opening game. Anything to worry about? I don't think so. We'll get there in a minute. Um, before the show started, kind of funny bit. Maurice Hager called me. Good friend of mine. I actually made the instrumental beat for the intro to the show. So you got to credit him. But, you know, who knows how long that intro will live. But, you know, he made the instrumental of that. So credit there. And he calls me to tell me this. He's a big fan of Flaming Hot Cheetos, is Murray Sager. He says he found Flaming Hot Chips in Dallas. This warranted enough for him to call me and tell me that he found Flaming Hot Chips, and it's the first time he's seen him on the shelves since he was in second grade. Um, and Jamal, you've had some experience with the Flaming Hot Cheetos in the... Uh, you know what? What's your s- s- scenario there? Your your breakdown? I, like I told you, I, I call it the uh, the hood rat delight. That's why I call the flaming hot Cheetos. You get the girls who stand on the corner and they put the whole hand in the bag and eat like you know nineteen Cheetos at once, and you get the red fingers, you know the red residue on their fingers for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's that's the hood rat delight where I come from. 
<laughs> Nothing like shaking someone's hand who just had a bunch of Cheetos. <laughs> right. Oh man, what what a day. Uh the Hood Rat Delight. Our number five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Uh email inbox WDBM Sports at gmail dot com. I'm Dan Duggar. This is my last show. I guess all good things must come to an end. But uh, driving in today, how about this? You know, we'll get into sports in a second. But I'm driving in. This this guy in front of me is driving, but he's got a, like his iPod on and like headphones in while he drives. I don't know. The radio's broke, or he's got a tape player. <laughs> but like, is that safe? As a cop whiz by us on the other side. You, I don't even think that's legal uh, yeah. to have headphones yeah. in. <laughs> it's about as safe as texting while you're driving. Exactly. You know? so. I can't speak on that. Yeah, you- <laughs> the Blackberry gets hit up quite a bit while I'm driving. Uh, but what I wanted to touch on, um, this ties in directly with sports. Trust me on this next bit. We may get off tangent a little bit. Um, but the importance of barbecues here in the spring season. Went to one on Friday. Great time, great time. Um, I had barbecued all throughout the spring um, since it's been warm enough. I even popped the grill on a couple times during the winter time just to just keep me, just get me through, just get me through the winter months. But the importance of a barbecue, and you can say why. I, I think the barbecue, the entire event serves as somewhat of communal gravity. It brings just brings everyone together for to do what, just eat and hang out. And, and there's nothing better than that. And I'm definitely looking forward to some, some graduation barbecues. Vargas, Mosquito, you're, you're a big barbecue guy. Barbecue sports go hand in hand, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, yes. yeah, man. You know, when we're at, down at the Lions game, man, we tailgate with the, with the grill and get it all going. So, yeah, and that, that, sign, that is a sign of the beginning of summer. At least at this time of the year. Oh yeah, and I think Especially it's especially in Michigan. You know? I get my grown man on, you know, uh, you know, the wife beater, you know, maybe a <laughs> beverage on the uh, on the, uh, the the side table of the grill. There, we I do it. I do it big, and and barbecue. It's nothing like just having the tube going, little sports, barbecue rolling. What's that uh, Will Smith line? You know, wonder how the smell of grill can spark up nostalgia. I mean, you get around a barbecue, and everyone just starts talking about the good old days, or you know, what you did last year. You remember that time when this happened? And you're right. It's just something about having a barbecue where everyone gets together. And, you know, your neighbor might smell it and just walk over, you know. so Perhaps it might be my favorite thing about college. It's some of the best times I've had here, summertime, springtime barbecue. Got one coming up here to celebrate the graduation. It may be legendary. We had one last summer, legendary, great time. But the barbecue, I think it's a great if you could have the top five ingredients to a good sports day, barbecues in at least the top three, among other things we're, we're sure, sure we're well, well aware of. Um, but it has been a great four years. Um, and throughout those four years, I've had or two years here on the radio, had the opportunity to interview some great people, and I'm sure Jamal can attest to this, and Brigitte also knows ID. One of the greatest stories, the greatest interviews I've ever had, is a good friend of mine, Idong Ibak. The great story... How he came from Lagos, Nigeria, and here to the United States to play basketball. Left with, he said, about two, three hundred dollars in a bag of clothes. Came to take a chance at getting a scholarship for basketball, and it all worked out. Definitely uh, one of my greatest interviews. He made a great character. And uh, your station actually did a documentary on Ebok. Yep, Edon um, Ebok behind the jersey. You know, traced his whole trip from there, and you know, talked to his family and. 
This is a great story. Very heartwarming. I mean, people can people maybe want to take stabs at the documentary or, or stabs at the story. You know, the the foundation of what he left and ha- hasn't seen his family in over five years. I mean, it's one thing for a few months, but five years of not seeing your family after games, talking about skating out because all the players see their family, but he doesn't see his. Edong Ebok's story has to be one of the greatest stories that I've ever had the chance to to help tell or help convey across the radio. And that was uh, like what were you here for that one? Yeah, that it was. was like last was like a year and a half ago, last probably. Spring or so, I think. Yeah, Edong Ebok, tr- tremendous story. He his plans next year. He graduates with me in May. He's a com arts guy, uh, and he's going to go into grad school for a year, but to stay eligible, and then he's going to go. Overseas and play. Hopefully, if he can't, if he can't make an appearance in the NBA, uh, but definitely basketball in Ebox future. But yeah, definitely some good times here on the Sports Wrap. Uh, in my tenure, this is my last show. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. A lot on the plate. Um, we'll start. Uh, we'll get hockey out of the way right away. Uh, but, um, how about those Red Wings? The switch to Osgood and Net seems to have paid off. The Red Wings advance to the second round. Uh, your synopsis of the NHL playoffs, because you know I know nothing. I couldn't even tell you who is still in it, and you know they could discount my credibility as a sports guy. But um, the Red Wings advance tonight, and from what I saw and read, it seems that Osgood was a major factor. Oh yeah, he got a shutout in the last game yesterday, and uh, they really got a break with that first goal they scored from uh, center ice. Nicholas Lidstrom scored it from center ice. Broke a 0-0 tie. Nashville was dominating the play at that point, but that just took the win out of their sails, and they really could not respond with the home crowd. It was out of it. And, hey, the Red Wings, props to them for, uh, you know, picking up after losing the next two games after going up 2-0, and it picked it up, and now they're in the second round. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts, for another round at least. Brigitte, interesting <laughs> connection to the Red Wings, right? Yeah, actually, my sister does the in-arena hosting there. So, And I'm actually embarrassed to say I haven't even made it out to witness one of her games. That's how much I like hockey as well. Well, hey, that says a lot, right? <laughs> Brigitte's sister? I'm glad to see Michigan she, State play, though. Tell me the common theme amongst or um, um, a Miss in-arena host. You know what? You yeah, know, usually they're visually bad, appealing, man. And so you know this is well. Radio. You know, everybody says we look like twins. So I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> the the Shroins, the Shroin sisters. I, you, very I don't very know. humble. I like it. Very, very humble. <laughs> I, like right. You know, the in arena host. Even where I've been across, I've seen, I've been to a lot of NBA arenas. Yep. Seen a lot of games. But there's there's your common theme. They got them at the Palace. You know, we've seen a couple at Ford Field. Everywhere, everywhere. Um. So Red Wings, how is this going to be Osgood for good? As they'll keep Brighton the hot hand, I don't see why not. I don't see why they wouldn't stop playing Osgood. I mean, Hashik has been playing terrible the first two games, uh, the, the next two games, games three and four. So stick with the hot hand. He's uh, playing well, and the defense. Give the credit to the defense because they're shutting everybody down. They're rocking them to sleep. They've got the neutral zone trap. They're just. Uh, Boring everybody because they got such a tight defense. I think I said it last week. Like, what type of luxury is that to have, where you can have two quality goaltenders who've both won the Stanley Cup? You know, they got they've, one and a half right now. Okay, whatever. All right. Well, either way, you know, they you got two goaltenders who, at their primes, have done great things in hockey. So, you know, I think that's a you know, not a lot of teams can say that. So it's it's very positive for the Red Wings. 
Yeah, I mean, I, with like you were saying, I wanted Oscar. I, you could just see there was something not right with Dominic, especially in the middle of the series when he was letting goals like 15, 20 seconds apart. I mean, good NHL goaltenders don't do that. And, uh, you know, maybe his time has passed. Maybe he's not the dominator of old. But, you know, it's Osgood deserved a shot, and why not? That's the Latino Mosquito, just in case you are joining us. He was a veteran of the summer days, bro. When when sports oh, info was dry, it was pretty dry. It was pretty. <laughs> hey, I'll admit that's why uh, that's why ESPN does such series as like who's hot, like yeah, who's now. That's garbage. July, Title Town. They got their newest one, Title Town. July is the worst sports month of the year by far. Here we go. Um, this one from Florida email. Uh, we followed your voice from the beginning. You've truly brought many other college sports that we do not normally get. The, in the NBC primetime spotlight, or even verse for that matter, F1 racing, wrestling, to name a few, into a few living rooms across the United States every Monday night. You keep Spartan alumni bleeding green that are far removed from East Lansing, especially us in Florida. Look to see great things from you. Uh, that's Eric and Brittany in Florida. So, appreciate that. We, to be honest, we did. We did get down on some on a variety. We did have the MSU Formula Racing team. You were here, right? Yeah, the Formula that. Racing team was in here. Um, we've had soccer guys, tra- track and field, tennis coach, Gene Orlando, baseball. Um, we touched, we touched a lot. You know, we tried to show love across the board to everybody, and even had Abdulkader, current Red Wing, on before. You know, you can dog me for the hockey coverage, but I did bring you Justin Abdulkader. So sh- show some love. Uh, our email just wdbmsports at gmail dot com. Our phone. Line wide open all hour, five one seven four three two, thirty eight ninety three. Which Detroit team, Tigers included, has the best shot to get to their respective title game? Pistons. And I mean, you look at the Tigers; they have to play too many games. There's too much potential for injury. There are too many. If if this happens, if this happens, for the Tigers to win it, the the Red Wings it seems every year are really hot, and then something happens where they just blow it. And, you know, I hope I'm wrong this year, but I think the Pistons this year are Detroit's best chance for a championship. I would say the Pistons also because they just seem to turn it on even a a higher notch every year in the playoffs. So, you know, they could have slumped into, you know, backed into the last regular season into the playoffs, but they always seem to show up. And uh, this game one is not something that's going to be the rest of the series. So... Yeah, Pistons, we're definitely ready for another championship. It's been four years almost, so time to bring the cup back. You can say they've had problems with turning <clears throat> the switch. Actually, I said cup. I just saw <laughs> you making fun of me. Never mind. Oh, man. The trophy excuse. We'll let it slide. Larry, my first flip-up ever. Valerio, the last show, let it go. Larry O'Brien <laughs> Cup. There it is. 517-432-3893. And uh, we'll get right to the Pistons now. Um, the switch seemed to turn off about third quarter, fourth quarter there yesterday, and Philadelphia won. But here's my theory: Philadelphia has been playing playoff basketball for about a month, and they've been in the mindset where we have to turn it on all the time because we, if we don't win, we don't make the playoffs. And not only is making the playoffs something to be proud of, a sense of pride, you want to get there to advance and win. You get you make a lot of money as a player, in a young team like Philly that doesn't have a lot of big contract guys. 
Um, you got to realize in the NBA, somewhat of a profit-sharing scenario for, say, making the playoffs, you could get twenty grand just for getting into the playoffs. Bonus. You, you get bonuses for having the best record in your conference, in your division, having the best record in the league. So there's financial incentives behind getting to the playoffs and advancing further into the playoffs as well. And with a young team that's hungry and trying to reestablish themselves as Philadelphia currently is, um, you're you're messing with uh, a little bit of a somewhat of a thorn in the side. Pistons in five. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The Pistons wrapped it up the first week of March. You know, they unleashed the bench. The Zoo Crew got out there and did what they were supposed to do because. Let's be real, the Pistons knew they weren't going to catch Boston for number one and knew that no one was going to catch them behind for the two seed. So they're like, well, what's the point? So they let the bench play, and they didn't care if they won or lost. They just wanted to be healthy going into the playoffs. Meanwhile, you got Philly, who I believe is 42-40 and 40, or 40-42 and 42 coming into the playoffs, who needed every single win just to get in. And like you said, they're playing as hard as they can. So in the third quarter, you got a Pistons team who, ironically enough, for the last two months isn't used to being on the court. You know, so they're trying to get back into their rhythm, and I think Philly caught them at a good time, but I, I don't expect to see that very much often. The one thing I did notice is they, they the team was down. They had Philly down 15-12 at, uh, in the second half, and they really should have stuck it to them because it is a young team, and this is something that they can build on. They already know they've stolen one game at the Palace. Well, now they're going to go to Philly, and, you know, all they got to do is take care of their home court. But as we everybody has pretty much said, the Pistons didn't seem to play. They just didn't seem to have it. It and that's usually the problem with the Pistons when they lose in a series, like with Cleveland, they don't have it. They're missing that. There's something. There, the motivation ain't there. Maybe it's because they've went to the finals twice out of the last four or five years, or maybe, um, maybe I'll say it that the coach isn't motivating them enough. Maybe no one respects Flip Saunders. Um, you guys missed me on that one question about who I, who has the better chance. I think the Wings have a better chance to actually win their respective championship because I don't think Flip Saunders commands enough respect in the huddle. I mean, you can see Rasheed Wallace, you know, he don't he don't seem to respect him like Larry Brown. Uh, I think the announcers even said yesterday, Tayshaun walked off and he said, you know, it kind of just walked off on the side and was kind of, it, it didn't, wasn't Tayshaun as they pointed out. But as for the game for last night, the Pistons did have 15 turnovers. Everybody knows it's un-Piston-like basketball. So if they take care of the ball and maximize their possessions like the veteran team that the Pistons are, then they should be able to handle this series. But at the same time, they shouldn't have gave Philly that that little bit of uh, a little bit of spirit just to think that they have a shot. Because as we found out with Cleveland, anything's possible. But how many coaches in the NBA com- <clears throat> command the utmost respect of their players? You have to realize that there are players on that roster making five, six times as much as that coach. More valuable to that franchise than is that head coach. I tell Tay, I'm, if I'm Tayshaun Prince, what are you going to tell me that I don't know already? I've been in the league for five years, and I've been to five conference finals. I've played more games in my first five years than anyone in the history of the NBA. I've seen every defense, every play, every offense. What are you going to tell me that I don't know already? I mean, I understand a coach's job is to, you know, rally the troops, keep them under control. But as a player, you kind of have that theory. What are you going to tell me that I don't already know? Look at Phil Jackson. He commands his players. Uh, his players listen to him. No. Nope. Look, look, uh, right, yeah. uh, look at him. Uh, Kobe does a great job of listening <laughs> to Phil Jackson. Phil right. Jackson manages 
to get across to his players, even the younger players. He might not be as so concentrated on Kobe, but he gets to his young players and they listen. And, you know, he has a great coaching record. He's been so successful, and that's why. Because he's had two of the greatest Give me Jordan. <laughs> Give me Kobe. I'll win 60 games. Man, please let me coach. I will roll the ball out and say go. Scotty Bowman is a prime example, too. Scotty Bowman is a great coach. But if you can coach Mario Lemieux and Steve Eiserman and you get the point, you know, if you have some of the greatest players of all time on your team, you better win some championships. So, Speaking of coaches, uh, we'll throw this one out. Former Spartan Scott Skiles seems to verbally agreed in principle to be the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks head coach for four year, a four-year deal. Um, monetary amount not disclosed. Um, had a chance actually to interview and meet Scott Skiles earlier this year. You heard that interview right here on uh, Impact 89 FM when Scott was inducted into the MSU Hall of Fame. Uh, nice guy, Scott Skiles. Um, but it seems to me that even, because you're like, oh, he was just fired by the Bulls. But it seems to me that market of an NBA head coach is so small. It's like some, someone who knows how to do it, who has experience, even if they're not tremendous, you know, and is willing to accept the job, you know, your candidate pool isn't that large, it seems like. I mean, he knows what it takes to win in the division. You know, he's familiar with the area. You know, he's already he's got a GM now who he respects, and John Hammond. So these are things that you got to look for as a former piston guy. Exactly, you look for familiar familiarity. You know, where where can I go where I'm comfortable? And he's staying in the Midwest. Rick Carlisle is a prime example. You know, he left Detroit and went to Indiana. You know, if you can stay in the division, that'd be perfect because you already know the teams and you know how to play them. Just a carousel. It seems like the talent level and the ability for of a coach it's just you know three four years you don't get it done go try somewhere else Mm -hmm. but it seems like the market is so small you know you're going to see guys just turn up everywhere you know it seems like people are always getting second chances as head coaches in the nba look at george carl how many chances he's got van van gundy how many chances did van gundy get does anyone think isaiah will get another shot Yes. Because yeah, uh, yeah. of his name. Because yeah. of what he's name. done. Unfortunately, I yeah. mean, he's had what? He's two, Isaiah Thomas. Two head coaching gigs already. He took one team to the finals. Bankrupt the CBA. I mean, he really hasn't, <laughs> I mean, he really hasn't done nothing since he left this area. And, uh, Man. And well, someone's well, still going to take a shot. I give him this. Zeke has one of the greatest eyes for talent. Because, like I said, he drafted Tracy McGrady, Marcus Camby, um, what's Mighty Mouse's name? Damon uh, Stoudemire. And, you know, even some guys on the Knicks, David Lee. He's got an eye for talent. Just doesn't know what to do with it once he Can't gets it. Can't you know? together. Exactly. So I, I give him that. I would give him a front office job before I gave him a head coach. His job. trades even out with the great draft picks. Oh. Trading for Zach Randolph's monster contract. And Steve Francis. And Eddie Curry's monster. Stephon Marbury. Steve Francis was the biggest joke. I mean, that was ridiculous. And then you go the and top that with I'm getting Zach Randolph. Let's give Jamal Crawford ninety million dollars to yeah. shoot first point guard. But you know, whatever. It's all fun and games. Our number five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact 89 FM. This is uh, my last show. Um, who knows where I may end up in the radio future, but for uh, Market 110 here. Um, this is going to be it for a little while at least. You never know when I may pop back. But we continue on with the NBA. We move from east to west. And most impressive win out west was it Chris Paul and New Orleans topping... Uh, Dirk and the Mavs, who I think will lose this series, or you know Gasol getting it done for LA. That's a good question, but I'm going to go with Chris Paul because for some reason, 
a lot of people are picking Dallas to beat New Orleans. Like They're not respecting the fact that New Orleans was the best team in the West for the majority of the season. And somehow Dallas is a number seven seed, but people think they're better than that. All I know is Jason Kidd could not stay in front of Chris Paul if he was 20 years younger. So, you know, Chris Paul's wearing out that Mavericks defense, and I'm very impressed with uh, how that game was won. The only way I see Dallas winning is getting that motivation from the early exit last year. Uh, that's the only way I see them beating the Hornets. The Hornets are just too talented. they got five stars that can score on you. Chris Paul leads them. He's the quarterback. The only reason Dallas would have, even have a chance at that motivation and get that monkey off their back. Um, I just I see Avery Johnson getting in the way. Having been having been real familiar with that organization, I see Avery Johnson getting in the way. I see Dirk as a great player, but he doesn't have that it. A lot of Detroit kids have that it, but he don't have it. Jamal's got the it. He's from the D, but Dirk doesn't have it. The close money time can't depend on the European. Yep, not going to get it done. And. Here's another one. Home court advantage. New Orleans going to be bonkers. Dallas, I've been there. I've watched five, seven games at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. It's a rich sit-down, wear your Armani jacket, look hot, come to the game, have some pops, clap your hands when they score. It's not a ruckus environment like we saw with Golden State last year, like a college atmosphere. Or like you'll see in New Orleans, an inspired city. Dallas does not have much of a home court advantage. Do you blow it up after this year? Say Dallas goes out, they lose to New Orleans. If you're Mark Cuban, do you blow it up? I mean, obviously you just traded for Jason Kidd. You might have to keep him and Nowitzki. Nowitzki, excuse me. But with the exception of those two guys, I think it'd be open game, and he would, you know, totally blow that team up. You can't yeah, keep, blow it up. I think you know. he already blew it up with the giving up so much for Jason Kidd. He's already started the process of blowing it up. Yeah, you gave up Devin Harris, Jerry Stackhouse. I think Phoenix is going to do the same thing. If Phoenix doesn't get past San Antonio in the first round, they're going to go, well, you know, we already got rid of Sean Marion. Let's keep it going and let's just keep dumping people because we've been is trying. Halfway already blown up. Yeah. yeah, and as we know in playoff basketball, it slows down. I mean, let's be honest. Your bigs become big. That's what, that's what Rasheed did yesterday. And uh, Dallas has no. Their big man is a three-point shooter in disguise. So Who flops. It, <laughs> oh, that, that's just foreign basketball players. But point being is, yeah, it, in playoff basketball, that ain't going to work. Phoenix is going to have to find that out, even though they got Shaq. Point being is, in playoff basketball, it slows down. You got to execute, and you got to have big guys that can board. And I don't. that's why San Antonio wins. They can board. Dallas can't. That's simple as that. Well, even if Dallas gets past New Orleans, I don't think will happen. They they're gonna miss Sagana Job, my my guy Job, that Ghana great guy. They're gonna miss him. You know why? What did he do? He's a big body. He rebounds. He blocks shots. He's a true big man. In Dallas, I, I don't know. It's, those big trades look like they're not paying off. Uh, except Paul Gasol to the Lakers. Mm, the stat man, the game that he had last night, I I didn't think he was capable of it. I really believe that you know he couldn't carry a team by himself. Maybe it just means that those Memphis teams he was on were that bad. But what he did last night was unbelievable. That and Denver looked horrible. <laughs> to go back, <clears throat> excuse me, to go back to your earlier point about the trades not paying off. I mean, it was hard for Phoenix to go in there. They almost nearly took a win away from like the defending national champion. I mean, who think that Tim Duncan's going to score a three pointer with like three seconds left? Yeah. And uh, 
to force it to overtime again. But <clears throat> I think once Phoenix gets it going, I, I think they'll take care of it. I doubt San Antonio will repeat. How many NBA Finals has Phoenix been to? How many NBA Finals has I mean, I'm not saying been? they'll get championships, but I think they'll beat San Antonio. I understand. I just think all these teams in the West, and we've been talking about all year, the West is so much better than the East. The West is blah, blah, blah. All these teams have had that same nucleus for years. So many of these teams, Houston's had the same nucleus, you know. Dallas, the Lakers just got, you know, some new mm-hmm. talent. But, I mean, the, the Jazz have had Deron Williams and Boozer for a couple of years with Karolinko in there. These, this is basically the same teams, and they're not getting it done. The only team in the West that consistently gets it done is the Spurs. And so I'm of the impression that if I'm these other Western Conference teams, I need to see not what can I do to make my team better, what can I do to beat the Spurs. That's what every move I would, be, I would make would be geared towards. This is why the Spurs win. They've got big time players. They got they can finish games. The Suns, the the Mavericks, they've had those teams for a while. They can't finish games. The Suns should have closed out um, San Antonio before overtime. The Suns should have. But instead, you got San Antonio. You give the ball to anybody. Last minute shot. Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, big anybody. shot, Bob. big shot guys. You can make the same point though with the Pistons. They should have closed the game out yesterday. Like but they, they ha- have experience that Philadelphia does not have. Philadelphia is young and experienced, new guys that are learning how to play in the playoffs. And so, if you're saying that experience is the key to finishing games, then what happened to the Pistons? And that was their downfall. Booyah, booyah! <laughs> Take a seat, young fella. Talk to me. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Quickly. Uh, baseball update, Detroit 5, Toronto 1. That's a final. Finally uh, a win, huh? Yvonne Rodriguez, Pudge, 4 for 5 with ARBI. That that was uh, at Toronto, at the Rogers, Rogers Center? Form, formerly the was it, Sky, Sky, Sky Dome. Dome. Yeah. Tiger's offense shows up once every five days, four or five days. Yeah. If you haven't come to the conclusion that Pavel is the biggest Detroit hater. I am not a Detroit <laughs> hater. I'm just... You were in the St. Louis. Louis yeah. so uh, the, with the Cardinals cap, change yeah. from the Blues cap. So. It is hard, it is hard so. to look that way. It's, it's right. we'll, yeah. s- we'll stop at QD on the way home and get you some Haterade. <laughs> big, big, big 32 ounces of hate, Haterade. I think you already drunk it, actually. Hey, 517-432-3893. The mud's flying on my final day here on the Impact um, I have a final exam next week, and I have to move, so that's why, if you're wondering why I'm not staying to the last week of school, technically, because there's a lot to do to move to Florida, and, and I'm out of here on May May 3rd. It's the last day I'll be in this the 48823. Holler at me. Then, then I'm out. Was it the area codes? In, I'm in the 517. <laughs> I'm going to hit up the 406, I think, is Orlando, the 406. Definitely excited. So that'll that'll be good times. Um we got the NBA pre-draft camp down there. Michigan State comes down there in Thanksgiving for their tournament. Might get some bowl games down there. Not to mention I get 41 regular season Magic games. <coughs> I'm pumped. Holler at me. 517-432-3893. Um, so you pulled an all-nighter last night, Jamal. Yeah. Academically. Academically. Um I mean, we've known those uh, socially all pulling all-nighters when you're when you're walking home at six thirty in the morning. You're stopping at McDonald's to get double cheeseburgers. Yeah. But we stay away from that. The, the classic late night meal. Two, give me two doubles and a high C orange. Oh man, yeah. But you, uh, you, had an academic all-nighter. Ex- yeah. Explain I'm, yourself. Bro. I'm, a, I'm a lazy bum, and I'm a procrastinator to the point that I have to wait till the last minute to do my papers. That's just how I operate. You know, I wait till the day before. 
even the day of in certain situations um, to do a paper or an assignment. And this one, I actually got kind of upset because I waited till the last minute to do this assignment. And it didn't take me that long to do it. But I still waited until like, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning to start it. So, <laughs> you know, I was up until, you know, 6.30, got like an hour of sleep, then I had to get back up again. But, uh, yeah, I had to pull on all night to get some things done. I can't slip too much. I know I, it's the end of the road, but, you know, I still got to get to the finish line. This is the boys, the men. <laughs> but anyways, my point here, all-nighters are the most overrated thing I've heard of in college. It's my, it's my last night. I can rant a little bit. I have never in my four years, I've taken some difficult classes. I'm in the school of journalism, somewhat difficult. I've never had to pull an all-nighter. I think the reason behind someone pulling an all-nighter is self-pacification. They tell themselves the next day, I pulled an all-nighter. Kind of makes them feel good. Feel like they they put the effort. So even if they don't get a good grade, they're gonna feel good you because they they oh I stayed up all night studying. But all nighters in college, I don't know. All nighters for papers overrated. Yes, for studying overrated. You know, because if if you don't know it by now, you're not gonna know it. That's how I feel when it comes to studying. Like if you're staying up all night trying to study the day before a test, if you're looking at that material for the first time, I don't it see how matter. that's gonna. It's not gonna stay in your head. But if you're doing a paper. Some people, that's the only way they can focus, you know, because you know that you have to sit down and finish this paper or it's not going to get done. You know, so some people, that's the only way they can get it done. Ladies first. I didn't know if you were playing. All they do is just make you sick the next week. That's the experience I've gotten from my all-nighters. Overrated. You got to get some rest. I mean, if you study for an exam, you pull an all-nighter, you're going to be useless for that exam. Yeah, you'd have to, like, sleep. Yeah, you need some rest. You need... You need your brain to get some fuel. Uh, this this awesome. You need sleep, you know? Run off a Red Bull. This on this on the brink of finals week next week for all of you underclassmen and perhaps seniors that have a few finals. Our number, 517-432-3893. Email inbox, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Um, all night is just simply overrated. I've never, ever pulled one. Never really studied more than a night before a test. You're that guy that does his paper I'm, six weeks before it's due, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's certain there's certain cases. You know, I my dad always always wow. had this logo, this little saying. You know, you complete the task at hand in the in the time available. And working where I do in sports, basically full time. Um, there's a little free time, and, and you get your work done. I think it's taught, you know, having a job in college teaches you really to prioritize your time. And and I think that, you know, my advice perhaps you can take with a grain of salt. can't really tell you what to do, uh, but, you know, having a job definitely. I, I had my best grades when I had a job. But, I, no, six weeks before a paper's due, you serious? I'm about to pass an English class without having read a book the entire semester. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Three years of English right now. Never read a book. Man, how do we do this? So, Spark notes? Is, is that a is that kind of a, a jab at the university? Like you can pass an English class. I'm talking like two five pass yeah, it. Yeah, two five three. And uh, without having read a page, you know, um, I mean, yeah, Spark notes here and there when available. I've even dropped some cash on book rags. <laughs> oh. But for the most part, you know, there's few circumstances where I've read an entire book in college. I mean, you take an English is that, is that a slap at the institution? You take an English lit class and you look at the syllabus, like, yeah, you need 11 books for this class. And you go, oh. there's no way I'm buying oh, all these books because I know I'm only going to read one, if that, you know? So 
you you borrow somebody's book, say, hey, just let me read that one chapter, you know, before the exam. Or, like, is, is that how the culture of, of today has become, though? We just I mean, get, we just not, not only in in, in, the, in academics, but but elsewhere, we're looking for the shortcut, the quick fix, oh, the, the, internet, the, no pill, anything the pill you, that you solves everything. Online. No doubt. I t- there's a girl I work with. I'm not going to put her name out there because she'd be really embarrassed, but she's, you know, intern at the station. We're sitting in my boss's office, and he asks her, can you address this envelope for me? And she says, I don't know how to do that. And he looks at her like, wait, I'm sorry. Do you mean that you don't know the address? She says, no, I don't know how to address an envelope at all. <laughs> and she's like, what do I need to know for? I send email. I, you know, I text. I do this and that. And the third, obviously, she's young. She's a freshman. But it's like unbelievable. Yes, we are a shortcut society. Wow, what what a, what an interesting convo tonight. And we talked about it in the past, you know, how it's become so impersonal. When Brigitte would skip the show for like a month straight, hey. she, w- she wouldn't call me, she would text me. Oh. And we are in the age of the text, the booty text, as we've talked about in months past. You know, the great phrase, the booty call, the old movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the booty call anymore. It's the booty text. I wonder how many thumbs are going rapping at 205. <laughs> In an East Lansing Friday or Saturday, just wrap it on the on the BlackBerry or the the per whatever you're typing on. It's not. It's no longer the the booty calls. You know, from what Jamal tells me, the text has taken over. And Brigitte is prime example of that. Texting me, why couldn't you pick up the phone and call? I mean, it's an impersonal. It's, it's, it's becoming an impersonal society. You get things done more efficiently. What happened to the days? When you would call your friend's house and it'd be like their sister or brother, and you'd be like, "Hey, is Bobby there?" And they're not. And you're like, "Can you have him call me?" Are you, you actually have to wait. You actually have to wait. Whenever you needed. Oh. What's is? It's like we've gone. We've become such a fast-paced society. It's, it's incredible. It's like what happens? So boring. What happened to the days of uh, like wait? You know, waiting. You know, you wouldn't. You didn't have a timeline when someone's gonna call you back. But now you text or call someone. It's like. I need to call me right back. It's the beauty of text messaging because you can sit there in class for two hours, bored. You don't have to say a, a, any word. You're not going to disrupt class. You're just going to text away. It's the most elementary form of communication. Simply, no, no images. Simply texted w- words. And you know what? The next the generation, they're not even using words. We talked about this last week. You know what they're, do- <laughs> you know what they're doing with those phones? Unbelievable! Right. Unbelievable! Hey, okay, why not? Hey, we've got an email. And for <laughs> Andrew, he's a germ guy. Big ups to Com Arts and Sciences right, students who are graduating. Andrew. Telecom, journalism, com. Big ups to you folks over there, Com Arts. Uh, this is Andrew. He's in our class. Yep. We'll foreclose this. He says, "Tell Pavel, no matter how far the wings go, nobody will care about hockey." <laughs> what about the newest 2009 hoops recruit, Derek Nix of Detroit Pershing? We're getting there. He committed today. Shout out to Duggar. Have fun in in the sun. In O Town, O Town was that that weak band? Is that a band? <laughs> yeah, it's a band from Orlando. U plus me equals that. I'm t- you are Cal. What is it? Cal- no, no, that's, that's, no, that's that a different. One. That was a different one. That was O Town has Liquid Dreams. Yeah, O Town wasn't was. that like the first making that was the band? making the band. Yeah, yeah. Don't look to me when you ask about the reality TV. <laughs> All the men in the studio look right to Brigitte. <laughs> When the, the phrase O-Town comes up. Oh, I see, like, all these eyes. I'm like, I don't know. I never okay, listened so, to so, that. Okay, so if I so borrow you your iPod, if I borrow your iPod right now. I promise you will not see O-Town. No O-Town? Hey, Ian's worked at the station for a while. Have we ever spun O-Town here? He shakes his no. head Emphatic in disgust. <laughs> O-Town. It's boy band era back then. Unbelievable. <laughs> Just a big shout-out. Ian Walker on the ones in, well, the board tonight. Not necessarily the DJ tonight, but he handles the boards and the phones. Ladies looking 
for a nice gentleman. 517-432-3893. Keep the emails coming. Could be a record night if we get above five. Two might be a record already. <laughs> WDBM Sports at gmail.com. Andrew will be with us tomorrow when we take our trip to Comerica. Day with Granderson. For the Wings game, or the Tigers game tomorrow. Meet Curtis Granderson. Gr- what a field trip. What a hard class. Shh. Enough. We don't need to get in trouble. Just know this. If you're in journalism, take sports writing class. You get to do things like go to Comerica Park for a day. And our uh, other trip was canceled, a day with the Red Wings. God, thank the Lord. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been sick. It would have made me sick, too, and I like hockey. 517-432-3893. I'm glad we could agree on that. Yep. You know, I mean, I know it's you're the big, Red Wings. Come I mean, on. You're the big gateway to the West guy, St. Yeah. Louis. Of course. The STL hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. How those professional sports franchises in St. Louis working out for you? Oh, the Cardinals. Don't talk about the Cardinals. We got those Cardinals. Yeah, first World Series in like 19. Yeah, we got the second overall pick this year in the draft. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. It means you, you were bad enough to get the second pick, right? We oh, what does that say when the Lions aren't in the top ten anymore? That's progress, right? <laughs> <laughs> Brittany sends us an email. Is this a sports show, question mark, or a Dr. Phil special? <laughs> wow. Man, the Dr. Phil reference. That's harsh. Ooh, keep them coming. WDBM Sports. Let me get the drum sound in here. gmail.com. Ho, ho, you got some jokesters out there. WDBM Sports at gmail.com. Dot com. We'll touch on Derek Nix here quickly. Michigan State basketball recruit verbally committed for the class of 09, as reported by Sam Hosey Jr. SBJ, as I like to call him, good friend out there at the Lansing State Journal and Prep Spotlight Magazine. He reports today that Derek Nix of Pershing, Detroit, another PSL kid, big boy, big body Jamal. You've seen him play breakdown. Derek Nix 09 commit. He is huge, and um, if anyone remembers the Indiana Michigan State game from earlier this year. When we had to go to Bloomington and play Indiana, when DJ White went down, I was one of the few Michigan State people that thought, well, we're going to win now. They don't have any inside help. They bring in this big 6'6", 6'7", 280-pound, 300-pound kid, DeAndre DeAndre Thomas, Thomas, and he abused Michigan State completely. He wore us out. Derek Nix is that same guy. He's about 6'9", and he is huge. He's very very wide. I saw him play against uh, Michigan State's highly touted prospect, Draymond. uh, Draymond Green. And Draymond could not check Derek Nix. He was getting any shot he wanted. He was battling for rebounds. And he actually put up some very impressive numbers. So that's going to be a, a player that people might not know him now. They're definitely going to know him in two years. This is a guy that if we're looking for a big post guy, this is it. Michigan State has been missing this dominant post guy for so many years. And this guy, when he comes in, uh, he can really make a difference. Uh, let's not forget we got Delvon Rowe coming in. Uh, nice article today in the State News. Um, he, they say, could be 100% by June. Uh, I don't know. Microfracture surgery, that's serious stuff. Ended careers such as Penny Hardaway. Amari uh, came back from it, though. We've seen other players come back from microfracture surgery. But adjusting from high school to the Big Ten, and especially playing for the physically demanding coach Izzo, I would be careful to put huge expectations on, on uh, Delvon Rowe early. Ease him in. Let's not say he's going to be leaps and bounds better than Raymar Morgan. No, 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 no. You can't put two years of solid Big Ten play. Maybe inconsistent out of Ray, but solid Big Ten play. Out of a high school kid who has yet to step on a college floor. I agree. And especially when the thing that you hear most about him is not 
well, his jump shot is great or his rebounding is great. He he works hard. If you ask most people about Delvin Rowe, that's the response you get. Well, he works hard. And he gets other people around him to work hard. So you, know, you can't really say that he's going to come in here and put up 20 and 10. All you can honestly say is that he's going to come in here and try as hard as he can to play. Kosa Kufis to the NBA draft. As we said, he was going to leave school a couple weeks back. But we go right to the phones. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is congratulations on your graduation and getting a gig with Orlando. Uh, Your number one fan, your mom, is going to have to find something else to do on uh, Monday nights. But uh, congratulations for your mom and dad. And we're definitely glad not to have to do any more pay to the order of... MSU. Go get him, Dan. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> you know it. Pops showing love. That was a classic call right there. Classic. Right. Look at that guy. No more pay to the order of. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely happy. <laughs> he, Made sure he said that, He too. said, you better be done in four years. <laughs> You're cut off. Forget grad school, right? I did have it on the rundown. Parents, thanks, and I had two money signs next to that. Do you see that, Brigitte? I do. Uh, you can attest to that. I, I did, do see the money signs. I was, before the end of the show, I was going to thank the parents, not only for their love, but, man, you can't get through college without a little bread, baby. A lot of bread. <laughs> a lot of Skrilla. A lot of cheddar. Whatever synonyms we came up with that one night. That one night. Uh, but, yeah, big ups to the fam. You know, they'll be up here for the uh, for the graduation. We'll, we'll be getting it in. Nice little meal, you know. 3.30 at the Perez. The shackles come off. I can't wait, brother. <laughs> it's going to be like a, a rebirth almost. Just know, knowing that I won't have to study for another test. Been in school since you were five. Gah, what am I going to do? <laughs> Sleep Stack and make that money. cheese. Stack that skrilla. Sleep and make that grown man money. Grown man, that's what, is it, that's what the plan is going to be. 517-432-3893. Big ups to moms, too. Mother's Day coming. Let's not forget that, fellas. Second week of May. Don't forget, boys. I'm going to put that on my head. a little special coming up for moms. She doesn't even know what's going to hit her. So, you know. Trip to Orlando. She don't want to go in the summertime. She already said that. This is too hot. Pretty soon all her gifts are just going to be all Orlando Magic apparel and stuff you can snag from the team. Free stuff. (laughs) Just bags and towels. (laughs) Free swag. Whatever you get. Um, But someone we know is going to be making a lot of money Saturday is uh, Devin Thomas. Um, For all you haters who said Devin needed another year or needed to show what he could do consecutively, no, no, no. Come on, we said it from day one. Great move by Devin Thomas. Couldn't do what he did as a receiver and a kick returner and a reverse runner in a, in a, in a, a consecutive year. There's no way it was going to happen with B.J. Cunningham and Mark Dell, the ball getting spread out. Fritz And don't jump on the bandwagon either because there are a lot of people hating on Devin Thomas. Like, oh, he's... He only did it once. Show that you can do it again. Come back to it's university. Takes, we need you. We all it takes you. is one year. You get paid. Get in. Get out. I'll say this. I'll say it now because I can. After the, uh, were you standing outside the trailer after the Penn State game? Yeah. When Devin Thomas came out of the trailer singing, yeah. I'm going to the league. <laughs> I knew Devin Thomas was gone then, but conflict of interest gagged me not that i really wanted to tell you but i knew he was gone i knew a lot of things before they happened believe it or not but when i heard devin thomas sing i'm going to the league i knew he was gone 
And great move. Looks like he's going to go 11 to Buffalo. Yep. Yep. And Drew Rosenhaus is going to get him every penny that he deserves. He'll make $1 less than the number 10 pick. Trust me. Yep. Because Rosenhaus wants to get paid, too. Yep. He's got everybody there. So I'll tell you what. The thing about Rosenhaus that I respect, all of his clients are going to be watching the draft at his spot in Miami. So you know it's going to be awkward if, you know, one of them goes high and the other one goes a couple picks behind and they don't end up with similar contracts. So you know everybody's going to try to get the same deal that's being represented by Rosenhaus. They all want the same amount of money. So that, that's one of the best ages in any sport right there. If he does go to Buffalo, he's going to be playing with another Big Ten receiver, Lee Evans. So it would be a great one, too. you got size, you got yeah. speed. That's, that's Lee perfect Lee Evans right there. has really established himself since Molds and Peerless Price left. Yeah. So is Jake Long of Michigan to be the number one pick? I think I, I so. I mean, I here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. People that. don't want the safe pick. They want the sexy pick. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was. remember, a lot of us made a big deal when Reggie Bush didn't go number one because he was the sexy pick. Mario Williams was a safe pick. But now you're looking at Jake Long. Jake Long is a sure thing. That's a guy that for 15 years can be an offensive lineman in the NFL and be a pro bowler. But a lot of people say, well, where's that quarterback? You know, where's that wide receiver running back that can turn your offense around, you know? Yeah, also in football, you know, just like the big man theory I said in basketball, the lines. Yeah. Your offensive line and your defensive line got to be set. If you don't have no hogs in the front, you can't open holes for the chickens. So yeah. point Robert, being is, yeah, Jake Long should be. All these farm reason. animal references. <laughs> Speaking of farms, Iowa, Robert Gallery drafted, what, third overall a couple of years ago? He's a pro bowler now. So, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I, I see him, uh, despite being a one-year starter, that 40 bolstered him. It's kind of a polarizing effect with the wide receiver down the road in Manningham. Smoked weed, lied about it. Popped pills, got called about it. Uh, <laughs> wrote a letter to the owners that he met with apologizing for lying. Nothing speaks loud, more loudly of your character than that. Way to, way to go. Way to represent the maize and blue, Mario Manningham. Way to go. <laughs> way to sit. Okay, you wouldn't have been the first NFL player to sit and admit you smoked weed in front of an owner. It's not the first time they heard it. They're not going to be shocked, and they're still going to draft you in the first round. They're looking for honesty. If you don't want to be honest, the drug tests themselves will be honest. Way to go, Mario Manningham. Way to fall to the third round of the draft. You and Kellen Davis can hang out because you'll be picked about the same time because they don't want to have issues. They don't need a Pac-Man-like wide receiver. And meanwhile, the best receiver in the state, the best receiver in the country coming out, Devin Thomas of Michigan State, will be stacking that cheese on Saturday while you're worrying about how to budget because you don't have a guaranteed contract, like said wide receiver from the Spartans will. And how about the article? Michigan, you see that Michigan State is wide receiver you, mm-hmm. Dallas Morning News? Mm-hmm. You kidding me? Man, I was sitting there looking That's at love. Plax, C. Raj, who was a sure thing before he broke his collarbone. So a lot of people call him a bust. Look at look at how he played before he busted his collarbone twice. His the, his very first NFL game, I think he had two touchdown catches. Against Arizona. So, you know, it's like... Derek Mason. Derek Mason. See, like I said, Charles Rogers, Plaxico Burris, um, Moosin Muhammad. You know, there's so many. Aunt was... Um, he played for the Packers, won a Super Bowl ring. Andre Risen, you know, so many. There's so many that you can just throw out there. 
But yeah, big ups to Devin Thomas. Showtime, man. I just know, I know Dev, he works hard. He deserves it. He's got a little shorty. He's got a kid. It's in this. I dropped some Ebonics on the show, and I hope that's broadened vocabularies across the world, help different cultures communicate across borders, perhaps. I think Skrilla was the one that uh, broke down all the doors. My man called in. <laughs> he didn't say a word. I picked up the phone. I said, welcome to the sport trap. We were talking about money for some reason. Some odd reason we started shouting out synonyms for money. He called one word, Skrilla, and hung up. <laughs> it, was a, it was the cockiest thing I've ever heard. Just ha- Skrilla. Hung up the phone. <laughs> that may have been the best call in the history of the show. I mean, it was, you know, right to the point, and what a cock skrilla. I don't know how the heck you come up with that word. But some of the some of the great Ebonics, I mean, I think crib has become really a universal term used by all people. It's common now. You know, where are you going? To, I got to go to the crib this week. You know, back home to your home, where you know, where your parents. The crib. A shorty. You know, someone very little, a kid. So Devin Thomas is a shorty. The Bonics. We go right to the Gmail inbox if I, I've disregarded. Uh, um, oh wow, Eric from he Eric emails in. Don't rag on hockey. If I am correct, Detroit Pistons championship total three, Red Wings ten, Tigers four. Lions triple question mark. You can hate or you can congratulate. That's coming from Eric. Oh, we. The, the numbers speak for themselves, I suppose. They've been here the longest, too, though, other than the Tigers. Mm-hmm. There's Pistons a reason. came in like the 50s, and, you know, but and the Lions, they, you know, they're, they're the Lions. There's a reason the Red Wings are called the original six. You right. know, they're one of the first hockey teams ever, you know, so. I would hope that they would have right. ten championships. They've been around forever, so um, the Lions are you know been a joke as long as my dad's been alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Lions, we can just X that out. Uh but Shanna Shanna, our girl Shanna and Lansing, she says among a pair a book she sends me tonight. Uh great job, yada yada. Uh you've made your family and friends proud. Um, her mom and her are going to miss listening to the show and my silly jokes every Monday night. Uh, but who, uh, she wants to know who's going to try to fill your big shoes on the show when you're gone. I'll be listening to the show to see how well the show is, quote, taken care of. Laugh out loud. Have fun in Florida. Keep doing a great job with what you love to do. And that's right. And here in the final five minutes, if you haven't heard the speech, you'll hear it, you, you'll hear it again now. Why work in sports? Well, you work in the media, what do you deal with every day? Murders, crimes, terrible things. Sports, for the most part, what we've talked about for the last hour, human achievement. The good things. Kobe scores, Paul Gasol scores this many points, Chris Paul does this, the Red Wings achieve this. Human achievement, you get so sick of hearing about the negative things in the news, to work in sports and get paid for it, you're gonna, we're gonna be there anyway. You're gonna be watching anyway. Say, oh, you might work nights and weekends. The night and weekends going to be spent viewing, attending. So why not stack some Skrilla while doing it? And there's that's my thesis. Think, think about that. Someone's willing to pay us to watch professional sporting events. I, it's criminal, but I'll take it. You know, so. It's a tough world out there, but if you got it, if you got what it takes and you get hired, it's the f- most fun you can have. I will say that I met some tremendous people 
along this ride. This show got me into essentially my job in sports information, which essentially got me into the Orlando Magic organization. And it all started um, with a few guys I'd like to shout out. Jason James, he's long gone now. He trained me when I first came to the Impact. Really gave me my shot on the radio. And now two years later, here I am hanging up the mic temporarily. I would love to get back into sports radio in some capacity down the road, whether it's in play-by-play or or sports talk, whatever. But Jason James uh, really helped me out. John Fournier hired me. He's he's long he's not long gone but he's gone now from the station and Dr. Gary Reed uh, definitely uh, showed me the opportunity and uh, professional in every aspect of radio and how he handles this station and how he's handled this show and the opportunities and the freedom I don't have a producer that gives me a sheet of what I have to cover and what I've had to cover throughout the years they didn't say you rag on hockey too much you don't cover this enough or that enough. I've had the liberty in this show, and uh, perhaps this may be one of the greatest sports talk jobs you could have uh, in a college atmosphere. You have the liberty, and uh, it's been a great ride of two years. Um, I've had a lot of co-hosts. Brigitte's been with me for mo- for most of the ride, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's been it's been good. It has been good. One day on ESPN, hopefully we can uh, do this again. And. We'll all, we'll all be there. We'll be like the new first take crew. <laughs> the new first exactly. take crew will be, you know, Brigitte will be the uh, wonderful host. Jamal, you know, the Detroit native, and f- filling in for Parker <laughs> and uh, for, Rob Parker. for Rob Parker, Drew Sharp, and, and there I'll be the the crazy uh, uh, blazer wearing white guy. And I'll be I'll be Barry Melrose giving your hockey analysis. So that means you got a boy. Moment, we're, right? yeah, you know? boy no we're, reach, we're reaching here. <laughs> we're reaching. I will not grow a mullet. That's the dream. Either you have to. No way. And Latino Mosquito, bro, big love to you for coming in in the summer times and coming here for the last show here tonight. Big shout-out to Ray Mara, too. Couldn't make it in tonight. Big ups to Ray. He was in for the final stretch as well. Boy, two years have passed us, and I've been saying it for two years. Coming up at 8 o'clock, it is the Jazz Spectrum. It was once hosted by a man named Jonas. Tonight, it's hosted by Jeff. He's ready to spin some jazz. Wow. Two years have passed. This is it. Farewell to the Spartan Sports Rat fans. Who knows who will take over the show? You'll find out in the weeks to come. Uh, but on behalf of everyone who's given me opportunity in my career, if you're ever in Orlando, look me up. Maybe I'll give you some tickets. But for the last time, this has been the Spartan Sports Rat for Pavel Kaufman, Jamal Spencer, the Latino Mosquito, John Vargas, Brigitte Chiroyan, saying goodbye from East Lansing for one last time. I'm Dan Duggar. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.